Hey guys, welcome back to On the Couch with Ask Nanny Q. So today we're going to answer a few questions that I received on AskNannyQ.com. On this episode, we're going to talk about, is it true that I need to sit down for six weeks? So you've had the baby, you're home, you're getting everything situated, and you got outside fever. You just feel like you need to get outside. You just feel like you need to drive. You need to be around people. Your baby is a week old. Do you want to risk it? What's keeping you from being able to relax? You got all the help you need. What's telling you you're not worth relaxing? What's telling you that it's so many things that need to be done and only you can do them? Mom, please set yourself down. I have talked to so many moms who, oh, I had to run here right quick. Oh, I had to go do this. You ain't got to do nothing. They got services that'll pick up your groceries. They got services that deliver food to you. The most you got to do is go to the door and get it. And I don't want to hear, well, I ain't got no help. You have help. Your pride is just telling you not to ask anybody because they're going to throw it back in your face like so-and-so and them did. And because you had a few bad apples, now everybody's in that boat. There's actually some people around you that'll probably help you. I know for a fact they would. They're just act waiting for you to say you need help. But their pride, baby, their pride is telling you, I don't need nobody. I did this. I got this. What if you have a setback? I had one. Yes. I was a very young mother. Um, and I had to prove everybody wrong. I had to make sure people understood. Yeah, I had a baby. You know, I was pregnant at 17, had him at 18. Okay, I can do this. I can do that. End myself up in the hospital with 106 temp. About to die. The only way I could see my son, who was a week old, was if they pulled him in at the door and I could see him through the glass. That was it. Because they didn't know if I was contagious or not. So the first week of his life, he had to stay with my mother. Well, actually, he went over his daddy's house. And there were so many different females answering the phone that I begged my mom to go pick him up for me. And at that moment right there, I said, Queen, you got to get yourself together. You got to get out of here. You got a baby at home. Um, I was in the hospital about eight days. Um and through that time, man, I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. I didn't. Um, I was having crazy dreams. Uh, a few of the nights I was in the hospital, a lady came in my room and she was like, if a man come in here in black and say you need to go get an x-ray, you need to tell him no. And I was like, okay. And I remember a man coming in at night, and he would always say, come on, you got to go get this x-ray. And he was like, I can't help you get out to bed, but I can put the chair right here. 
And I always said, no, the nurse told me I don't need the x-ray. He was like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I just kept on saying, no, I don't need it. And I remember going back to sleep. And it happened like two or three times. And I remember talking to my grandmother about it. And I was like, this man keep coming in here telling me that I need to go to get an x-ray. And this lady in white, it was a little old white lady. And then it was a little old black lady. They would come in with all white on there would tell me I can't go with him. And my grandmother was like, let me pray. And I remember her praying. And um, that's when she brought cabbage in the hospital to put in my sports bras to dry up my milk because the doctors were saying that my breast milk infected my was infecting my body. So they were going to have to either take needles and drain it out um, or they were going to have to give me some pills um, to dry my breast milk, but the pills had a side effect of seizures uh, something else. And uh, my grandmama was like, nope, we're going to dry it up. And uh, she brought some cabbage in the hospital. She put it in my breast and she prayed. And she said, you listen to them women because death is coming for you. And he, he, all he needs you to do is get out that bed and get in their wheelchair. And it terrified me so much. I think I started reading the Bible all over again. <laughs> I was praying. I was like, God, I got to get home to my son. I just kept on, y'all, I was dreaming of purple elephants coming out of the walls. My temp had got all the way up to like 108. Um, They had to put me in an ice bath. It was so bad. That's the stuff they don't tell you about childbirth and having a setback. You can literally die from that. Um, I learned to sit down. I did. I ended up uh, going to my grandmother's house with the baby for a while uh, so I could sit down because I kept on saying, I got to prove everybody wrong. I got to prove everybody wrong. I lost so many years of my life trying to prove other people wrong and to um, make it seem like I never needed help because I had to prove a point. I wasn't proving a point to nobody because they had already said what they needed to say. The things and the words that they had said to me had already planted seeds, so their job was done. They had defeated me. I was down bad. It literally took me years, and when I say years, even with me having two kids back-to-back, I never thought that any of the stuff that I'm going through, the happiness, the love, the joy, I never felt like I deserved any of that. Because of the words that other people had said to me. And I probably would have had a lot of help if I would have asked. But I was too afraid to ask for help because of how people were treating me. I put everybody in one basket. Instead of just putting those bad apples in that basket. I judged everybody from that. Um, As the years went along and, you know, I moved to Atlanta and I got myself together, I learned to ask for help. And God always sent me help. Like, I have two very good best friends, Turquoise and Danasia. God sent them to me. I know for a fact he did because they both helped with babysitting the kids so I could work. Like, I know God sent them 
as my friends, but he also sent them like some kind of guardian angel because they came at a time that I just felt so lost. So there are people out there who will help you, but you have to open your mouth and say, hey, I need help. Hey, can you just do this for me? Hey, can you do this? Hey, if they talk, they talk. You have to learn not to be so concerned about what people say about you. And what do you say about yourself? It took me a long time to actually get that, not to worry about what people said about me, but what I said to myself. And a lot of times I was not saying good things to myself. I was allowing the things that they said to me to be true. And they wouldn't. I didn't ruin my life. There are people out there who love women and men that have kids already. Uh, Yes, I'm a a ready-made family and my husband fits right on into this puzzle. So open your mouth. Ask for help. Don't feel like you got to do everything by yourself. You don't. I promise you, you don't. Don't end up in the hospital trying to do everything and, oh, I didn't have a choice. You always have a choice. Do not put yourself in a predicament where you're in the hospital and you have no one to care for your infant because you're sick. If it wasn't for my mom or I, you know, my aunties, my grandma, and everybody who helped while I was in the hospital, I probably would have lost my mind because when my son's father had, I called checking on him and some girl answered the phone. No, why do you have all these random people around my newborn? And just the thing, I was so dumb, I had another baby. Lord, I swear, I ain't had a good sense the Lord gave me. But I'm happy that I did get it. I'm happy that I got myself together. I had to start taking accountability. A lot of this stuff was my fault. I had to tell my kids, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have a hard life. It was my fault I decided to create with him. And I apologize for that because y'all didn't deserve that. That was me being selfish. So when you up and you, I don't never have no help. I do all this by myself. There ain't nobody helping me. Take accountability. Are you really asking for the help? Or are you micromanaging every time somebody helps you? Oh, don't do that because when you do that, uh, oh, don't, 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 yeah, because he don't like, stop, go take that nap, go take that long bath or shower, you really shouldn't be taking a bath until after your six weeks are up, I'm just telling you the truth, everything should be a shower, so when you're taking that shower, go ahead and before you get home from the hospital, part of your postpartum stuff should be a seat for your shower. So you can sit down and allow the water just to run over you. And if you're breastfeeding, that is a good way to make sure that your ducts aren't um, clogged is to run hot water on your breasts. Now, they are going to be heavy and huge. So most of the time, an hour after your shower, if you breastfeed, you're probably going to pump a lot. So... 
Take your time. Set down. Don't be like me. Don't try to act like you got it all. You lose a lot of years thinking like that. It's okay to sit down. It's okay to ask for help. And if you're a new mom, make sure to get my parenting book. It's about the first year of being a parent. I have a lot of amazing tips in there. So, yeah, that's it. And thank you guys for listening to On the Couch with Axe Nanny Q.